Grace Family Church of Rhode Island presents Word of Hope, a sermon series with Pastor Luciano Cozzi. cup of water. Wouldn't have thought twice about it if it wasn't for that day that Jesus sat the 12 of us down. It was a busy morning. We were all doing the business of his ministry. We were running errands, talking to the townspeople. And then he, um, he pulled us aside that afternoon in a quiet place. He spoke for a long time. There were no stories, there were no parables. He just spoke plain, painstakingly plain. The bottom line was this. He told us if we were to continue following him, things were gonna get dicey for us. That there could even be physical harm when we mentioned his name. He was not painting a pretty picture. But we all knew that uh, this is going to be the price for carrying out his message. I put on my bold, bold, brave face and I nodded in agreement. But inside, I mean, I'm a tax collector, not a soldier. I, I don't know anything about courage or bravery. I couldn't be more ordinary. And I remember thinking, I wonder if Jesus knows how scared I am right now. Not a sparrow falls, he said, that is not in the Father's care. And how much more are we worth? <laughs> but it's this, it's this that got me. He said to us, if anyone does some simple act of kindness to us, his followers, even like a, giving us a, a cup of cold water, they will not lose the reward. That's how much he cared for us. If someone shows a simple act of kindness, even in the worst scenario, it meant something in heaven. Jesus said on the cross, I thirst. And that same cup of water he mentioned, we couldn't even give it to him. He was willing to die painfully, thirsty even, for our sake. And because of that, my courage grew. Not out of bravery, but from love. 
Good morning, brethren. I thirst. Meaningful words. Words, in fact, that still echo through the ages as the cry of many who desperately need the living water that the Lord has promised us. And you may wonder, in front of such desperate need in our society, in our world, what can I do about it? I can't change the world. I've heard that before. I thought that before. But actually, He can and does through you, through us. Yes, you as well. Think about it. Think about it carefully, please. Think about Jesus, a man followed by a small band of misfits, fishermen, a tax collector, a zealot even. Not quite the picture of a glorious kingdom that will take over the whole world one day and grow to expand forever and ever as God said through the prophet Isaiah. And yet, it will. Think about a small church with very few resources. Again, not much of a picture of lives change all around the world. And yet, yet they are. Think about a call, a letter, a kind act, a donation. Not quite the picture of something that would change the world, and yet it is. And Jesus spoke about this quite directly in Mark in chapter 4 beginning with verse 26. Let's read it together. And he was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows, how himself does not know. The soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. But when the crop permits he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, How shall we picture the kingdom of God, or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. Chances are that a number of you may wonder what kind of contribution you may have had made to the kingdom of God. Or perhaps some of you may even think you have not contributed at all. And yet the little things, the small deeds, can be very powerful, very powerful indeed. You see, Jesus is not looking for great accomplishments in our lives. He just wants small things done as an expression of His love. And that's how He changes the world. I know, it doesn't look like it, does it? It doesn't feel like that either. We know, you know it and I know it from experience, that sometimes we do things We express His love in small gestures and it feels like we haven't done anything. We haven't changed anything. But let's see what the Lord taught us. Verses 26 and 27 again. And He was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed 
upon the soil. And he gets to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows, how he himself does not know. Notice in here, a man casts seed upon the soil. That is an act that implies trust. Trust that something will happen, that somehow that seed will grow. I mean, it doesn't make any sense if you don't have that trust that the seed will grow and produce something. It wouldn't make any sense to just throw the seed on the ground or be wasteful, wouldn't it? And so there is an element of trust, an element of faith in there. Then, after sowing the, the field, the man goes to bed at night and gets up by day. That seems such a, an obvious statement. What did Jesus mean with that? He simply meant that the man goes on living a normal life and nothing seems out of the ordinary, nothing seems to be any different than it was before. But yet, while he goes about his life, he goes to bed in the evening, gets up in the morning, the seed grows. It sprouts. And then it grows into a new plant. Yet, even though the man doesn't realize it, yeah, the seed continues to grow. Now, who makes it grow? Certainly not the man. The man just put it on the, in the ground. Um, nature takes over. God. God provides for that. He has created the seed. He has created the soil. He has created all the parts and the elements that contribute to the growth of that seed. Of course, the man does his part, as small as he may be. But the whole process is due to the providence of God. Now notice that he himself does not know how the seed grows. The man has no clue. It doesn't know what makes the seed sprout and grow, but he knows that it does. You see, brethren, it is the same <clears throat> when we plant the seed of a small deed. It will eventually grow and produce its fruit. We may not know how, but we know that it will, just like the man planting that seed. Verse 28, the soil produces crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Somehow the seed keeps growing and eventually produces fruit. Now, you do not see that fruit immediately, of course, but in due course, it takes time. But one thing to notice about that is that none of that time is wasted. Even when nothing can be seen, things happen. And eventually, that small deed brings forth fruit in someone's life. But let's go on, verse 29. But when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Yes, the time eventually comes when the fruit can be harvested. The product of that small deed, that seed that was planted in someone's life, in time becomes visible to all. What at one point seemed to be insignificant now multiplies and brings nourishment to others. Let me illustrate it 
in a very personal way. Many years ago, it was the kindness of a pastor's visit to my wife's mother, to Suzanne's mother, that moved Suzanne to go to church when she was 15. Many years later, about 45 years later, she happened to meet that pastor again at a conference that we attended together. And I remember noticing how much and genuinely he rejoiced when she came to know that she was a pastor's wife. Now, he didn't know it. But all along, she had grown. His small act of kindness produced great fruit that has multiplied that kindness many times over. And again, I will never forget the face of this pastor, the older pastor, now retired, when he learned that this little girl that he had visited together with her mother was now a pastor's wife and very active in the church. When I was young, I wanted to come to the United States to attend Bible college. But for someone from Italy with, without great financial resources, and I did not have financial resources, that seemed utterly impossible. Until one day I received a short letter from the secretary of a pastor. And in that letter she reminded me that if it was God's will for me to come here to the U.S. to attend Bible college, then God would make the way for it. Not much. Not much was said. Not much it took to write the letter to send it to me, but someone wrote it and sent it to me, and that letter became a source of hope. Sometime later, the librarian of that college somehow heard that this young man from Italy wanted to attend the college, and so he decided to add another acts of kindness, another small deed. He sent me some tapes that he recorded for the purpose of, first of all, encouraging me to not give up in my quest, and second, to help me with my English because I was learning English so that I could do that. And he felt that if he sent me tapes and the way they were speaking conversationally, then it would help me and encourage me to learn the language. And so it was that in the summer of 1980, I arrived in the U.S. to attend that Bible college. Two years later, I got married to Suzanne. Yep, the same girl. We met at the college. We got to know one another. She taught me what love means and what it means to express the love of God. And two years later, we were married. Four years later, in 1984, I graduated from that college with honors. I'm not saying that to, to boast or anything like that, but to show you that that fruit was much greater than that small deed, that small act of kindness, that small expression of God's love that was done toward me. 
But Jesus didn't stop there. He continued. And, and he, in verse 30, he asked, How shall we picture the kingdom of God? Or by what parable shall we present it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is smaller than all the seed that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches, so that the birds of the air can nest under its shade. Of course, scholars argue about what plant is it really referring to? Is it really a mustard seed or is it something else? And, you know, the mustard seed is not the smallest seed in the world. But it was the smallest seed that people in that area at that time would cultivate in their gardens. It's just as simple as that. Jesus was now giving a lecture of botani botanics or botany. He was just simply using an example that was familiar to the people he was talking to. Now that mustard seed, that smallest seed that they would cultivate in their gardens, grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants. Not as again, it's referring to the garden, not all the plants in the world. In the area around the Sea of Galilee, that plant could reach a height of almost 10 feet, plenty enough to be described the way Jesus did. Nevertheless, that is not even the point of what Jesus said. You see, what he said is that a proverbially small seed grows to become a large shrub. Meaning what? That a small deed grows to become a great deal. A small group grows to become the greatest kingdom ever. Years ago, in the course of an interview, I was asked if I believed that one person or a small group of people can make a difference in the world. I smiled, and I remember answering, just look at Jesus and the twelve apostles. Not much of a gang. And yet, look how they changed the world. Even those who do not believe in Jesus Christ have been affected by the twelve. But those changes have only started. Jesus is not done yet. He's still at work. His work continues, and he continues in and through all of us. And he continues, interestingly enough, through the small deeds and the small actions that we carry out in his name. Individually, singularly, you take one of those small deeds and it seems insignificant. And yet something as small as a mustard seed can grow into a large plant. Something as small as a... As a deed of kindness, something small as a good deed done in Jesus' name can grow into lives changed. Brethren, today at church, we're going to have the joy of a baptism after church services. A young lady has given her life to Jesus Christ. She has given her heart to God. She has made a commitment with God to no longer live for herself, but to live for Jesus Christ. 
But that important decision, that vital decision, is not an isolated incident. It's not isolated in time. It is the fruit of many small deeds. And you know the funny thing is that all the church has contributed at least a small seed to that moment. The family has contributed probably a number of those seeds, of course. And some of the people in the congregation didn't even know her. And yet their support, their encouragement, their dedication has made that moment possible. Others knew her and had a more direct part. And their small deeds have now produced fruit. And I am so looking forward to seeing what the Lord is going to do through that life, through this young lady who is very bright and very intelligent, and I know that the Lord has called her to do great things. And yet, none of us, none of us have caused that growth. Whatever seed we may have placed in the soil of her life, it was the Lord that caused it to grow. That is His work, not ours. And we have been privileged to have a small role in that. And what a wonderful, beautiful thing that is. The kingdom of God is, as the word says, God's kingdom, not ours. The work that is carried out is not our work, it is His work. The church is not our church, it is His church. The ministries that we carry out are not our ministries, but His ministries. And we are so privileged, so honored to be able to plant a few seeds and in due course to see the amazing fruit that the Lord produces with those tiny little seemingly insignificant seeds. So brethren, regardless of what the Lord has called you to do, regardless of how small we think that our role may be, let us never belittle, never underestimate the value of a small deed. When it is done in Jesus' name, expressing his love, because it is with such little things that the Lord is really and, and literally changing the world and establishing his everlasting kingdom, a kingdom that will continue to grow forever and ever not only in our own lives, but everywhere, all through creation. Never underestimate, never belittle what the Lord can do with one of your small deeds. God bless you. I just wanted to stop everything and take the time today to let you know how very thankful I am that you've been there for me. I want to say thanks for never giving up on me. 
thank you for providing meals for us after Blake's surgery. Thanks for making sure I always had a ride to chemo. And thank you for helping me through this difficult season in my life, God. Thank you, God, for teaching me to be a strong single dad. Dear God, thank you so much for giving me this new job. I love it. Thanks for sending Jeff to take my shift last week so I could be with my family. For keeping me company on the first day of school. Thank you, God, for helping us get that bill paid. Thank you, God, for the clothes on my back. For giving me the courage to speak the truth. Thank you for forgiving me. For making my day better. For giving my life a melody. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for every single day. one final thing, God. Thank you for always loving me, no matter what. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but has revealed it to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Scorned by the ones he came to save. 
your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion for the sake of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 